there is something special about a pay-per-view week, and it is UFC 271 this Saturday night. It is the rematch Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. I am Colby Daniels, along with Will Brewer. Will, happy pay-per-view fight week. What is happening, my friend? Man, like you said, it's a pay-per-view week. There's something special about it. I've been excited all week, and now we're finally here. It's a big rematch of a fight that's with, with two of the most skilled guys in the uh, middleweight division's history. Um, I'm excited for it to see a good chess match, and this whole night of fights is going to be it's going to be awesome, man. It was only three weeks ago that we had our last pay-per-view card, and we spent at least 30 minutes the week of that card talking about how it didn't feel like a pay-per-view card because of all the outside noise and the contract discussion and the card itself not really feeling like it had that sort of like pay-per-view vibe. Not the case this week. Not only does the main event deliver well, but I mean, the entire card, as you just referenced, from start to finish, this card is awesome. And then, I mean, just the, the last three fights, I mean, what a way to end a pay-per-view card. Yeah, this this fight card delivered. I mean, for, for all that we said uh, about UFC 270 and how it was kind of light with the names and stuff, I mean, there's something to really love about a lot of these fights, but especially the final three. I mean, uh, that big middleweight matchup between uh, Cannoneer and Brunson, it doesn't get any better than that. High stakes in that one. And then it doesn't get much funner than what you're going to see with Derek Lewis and uh, Ty Tuivasa in the co-main. I mean, guaranteed fireworks in Houston. And then the main event. I mean, you know, I always say I love a good chess match. And I feel like this is going to be uh, a chess match of a very, very high order. So uh, there's something to love for, for all the fans out there. Uh, and Israel Adesanya, probably one of the biggest stars in the sport. Robert Whitaker, one of the nice guys who's just ultra ultra skilled yeah. so uh, it, it's gonna be a great night we will we will swing back around to our picks and previewing this fight card uh but before we talk about the strickland hermanson card from last saturday night which also plays a big role in terms of that division and potentially what's next in that division well i have a completely 180 degree different vibe this time around than i had for the whitaker adesanya fight the first time right are you getting that same vibe i mean from both guys it feels like it's a completely different vibe yeah, and I feel like that's how it should be yeah. uh, after the first fight um, ended the way it did. Uh, and we've seen both of these guys kind of evolve in the time that, you know, uh, that they've had it in between fights. Uh, both these guys have gotten better. And to say that the champion is continuing to get better, it's scary. But to say that Robert Whitaker is still getting better, I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. Uh, you know, the, the first fight, I mean, there's not much that you can really get out of that. That wasn't the best Robert Whitaker we've ever seen. Uh, that wasn't the fight that I'm sure that wasn't the fight that most of us were expecting. You know, yeah. Israel coming off of the fight with uh, Kelvin Gastelum and uh, and Anderson Silva. And then Robert Whitaker's coming off of wars with Yoel Romero. Like, I, th I think I speak for everyone when I say I was expecting a war, a five round, you know, fight of the year type war. That's not what we got. We got, uh, you know, two rounds of, you know, Izzy basically, you know, asserting himself as the guy. Uh, Rob was going through a lot with you know, uh, uh, it, it was his home country, hometown, all that, you know, he's coming out, the fans, you know, the, 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 the attendance was off the charts and these are all fans just like screaming for him. Uh, how much did that play a factor? You know, we, we'll never know. I, I don't think he really will make an excuse, but I think this one, it's all about who's better, yeah. you know, uh, going back into going back to the drawing board, uh, realizing where you made mistakes and getting better for Rob. And then for Izzy, you know, people think that they got the blueprint on the guy now. They think that the cat's out the bag and we know how to beat him now. And Izzy's like, bro, come on, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm the guy for, the re for a reason. Yeah, it's, you know, that first one is interesting because 
you said expect a war, and I think I was hoping for a war, but I, I when I when I talk about the vibe of that fight, like Whitaker, and he said this this week, but it, it's it's spot on with what I felt that week was he felt tight and he felt very stiff and just like you know whether it was the pressure or what it was, but I I had that sense that week, and I think regardless of what you felt about Israel Adesanya. He definitely had that sense as well. And whether Adesanya was that confident that he was going to do that to Whitaker or he was just picking up on the vibe from Whitaker and playing off of that, like I, I felt like that was going to be an Adesanya win. Now, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to go that way necessarily, but I felt like it was going to be an Adesanya win just because, again, the vibe I got from those two guys was polar opposite. And the crazy part about this time around, I feel like Izzy has a lot more respect for Robert Whitaker now. And Whitaker was the champion at that point, right? That sounds crazy to say, but... We've watched Robert Whitaker do nothing but get better since he lost that fight, and he's looked tr- tremendous. Uh, and at the same time, Israel Adesanya has gotten better, and I, I, it feels like a much hungrier version of Robert Whitaker than it did last time. And I think what we were all hoping for last time is potentially what we might get this time. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, the the pressure of just fighting in front of your home country, and this is a this was a stadium in Australia that's. I forget the number, but I'm sure it was over like 20,000 people. I forget how many, 20, 30,000 people was in there. And, you know, the the pressure might have got to Rob. Um, and Izzy's just exuding confidence the whole time. Yeah. You know, he he went out there and he, he did the little uh, dance moves and stuff. Like, you could just tell that uh, Izzy was really cool, calm, and collected. He knew what the, uh, what the task at hand was. And it, it felt like Rob might have been fighting uh, more than Izzy on, on the night. And I think it might have showed in his performance because, you know, we, we, you know, Rob is really calculated with how he, uh, with how he fights. But when he, when he got in there with Izzy, I mean, it, everything just looked so predictable. The way he was darting in and out, really sloppy, really aggressive, overly aggressive. And I feel like it just, it, it played right into the style of, of Israel. And Israel kind of just had his way with him. Uh, you know, Rob has fought Yoel Romero twice, and you know, he landed Yoel landed some big bombs, but it was never because Rob was being sloppy. It's just because Joel is just a freak athlete and he's got a whole bunch of power. Yeah. Um, I think Rob, I think Rob was just probably battling a lot of things on that night. And uh, Israel kind of just knew like, man, there, there's no way that he's going to be able to be his best self um, dealing with all this. Yeah. He, uh, he, he bounced back, had that great five round war with Darren Till, right. That I think we all felt like in the fifth round could have gone either way. Uh, he gets that one. And then, I mean, Cannoneer and Gastelum, probably as impressive wins as Robert Whitaker's had. And that I think gets the attention of Israel Adesanya. And then at the same time, Israel Adesanya's done nothing but run through this entire division. And anybody can throw out the Jan Blahovich stuff that they want. Jan Blahovich is not a 185er. And, you know, it, it still looks like, I think at this weight anyway, the path goes through Israel Adesanya. And based on everything we've seen at this point, he's distanced himself from the pack. So uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday night if, if Robert Whitaker. Uh, looks like he's in that that same level. I hope that's the case. I hope we get a great fight. I, I think that we're going to get a better fight at least than the first time around. But, man, this one's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, by the way, have you seen Israel Adesanya this week? Yeah. I Just before we got on, I saw uh, some of the pictures uh, from Media Day. Dude looks yoked. Yeah. Um, I think – and throughout his um, – like through the pandemic and stuff, I felt like he was starting to put on size. Yeah. Uh, especially after the Jan fight, I think uh, he really put like an emphasis on his strength and conditioning. I think the time off, he really uh, worked on putting on, you know, size and muscle mass. 
because, you know, Rob really, you know, a lot of these guys really do think like this is the way to get them, you know, to, to take them down, kind of uh, wear on them a little bit. But if Izzy is too big, <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, that, that kind of just like nips that out of the out of the butt. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Izzy looked great. He looked in fantastic shape. Um, Rob looks great. Also, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting a really good fight. Like I said, I love a good chess match. I feel like that's exactly what we're going to get. Speaking of news from this card, uh, Derek Brunson says he's got two fights left and he's calling it quits. What'd you make of that news? Man, you know, I, it, I forget how long Derek Brunson has been doing this because he he's I think he's about 38 now. But he doesn't look 38 at all. He doesn't look like he's been through the wars he's been through. He looks like he's still young. Um, Blonde Brunson was kind of like the reset, right? Yeah, Blonde Brunson was, was just like a reset, man. And then uh, you, you realize, like, man, uh, he's really been in this game a long time. Uh, but, I mean, for him to say he's got two more left, I mean, his, his best chance of becoming a champion is this right now. He wins this fight, he'll probably get a title shot. He loses this fight, he'll probably just want one more last hurrah to try to, you know, get it done. But, like, if he were to lose this fight, I don't really see a scenario of him getting back into the uh, into the title picture in, in two, three fights. You know, I feel like it's going to take a lot more for him. I mean, he's on, a, like, a seven, eight fight winning streak now, and he still has one more fight left uh, to get to the title shot. So um, he, said he talked about wanting to spend more time with his family. Um, I think, you know, he's getting to that age where that's really becoming more of a priority. So, I mean, this doesn't surprise me, but, uh, man, he put a lot of pressure on himself to get this win um, because he's banking on, I need to get this win, and then I don't need to fight for the title, and then win or lose, I'm done. Yeah. He's 38 years old. His UFC debut was in 2012, by the way, against uh, tough season one competitor Chris Lieben. That's how long ago <laughs> Derek Brunson made his UFC debut. I, I Tell me if I'm wrong here. I kind of feel like him putting this news out there is not in his best interest. Not at all. Like, to me, that takes away maybe any sort of big push that the UFC might want to give him to get a title shot. Absolutely. Uh, Because, you know, he wins this fight. uh, He's supposed to be next, right? But there's still someone out there like a Sean Strickland who was a first matchup for Izzy who the UFC could be like, oh, no, he's still got uh, X amount of fights, but Derek Brunson's got one foot out the door. Like, how marketable can we make this fight but you know sean strickland's got the crazy talking and all yeah. this stuff you can do something with that with that izzy or a robert whitaker uh, izzy match or uh robert whitaker sean strickland match so brunson's in a tough spot because these if, if robert wins it's a rematch if izzy wins it's a rematch that he was on the wrong side of and sean strickland is a fresh matchup for both of them and then with him basically with one foot out the door the, i'm sure the ufc is kind of looking at that like ah i mean I mean, we could give it to him, but we've got a we've got an option over here that look, that's just as good, if not better. Yeah. Well, and if you're just going to play the long game, if you're the UFC and you're like thinking, let's just think of worst case scenario for us, right? Thinking about our brand, let's say Brunson, you give Brunson the shot, and he beats Israel, and then retires. They hate they hate that shit. <laughs> yes, they don't, they absolutely don't want to be in that position. So, like, I don't know who I maybe. Maybe he knows something that we don't. But when I saw that news today from Derek Brunson, I was like, who's advising him to make that public? I, there's no way on earth that if I were Derek Brunson, I would have released that information. And look, if he gets a first round finish, then maybe all of this is irrelevant. But if this is a, you know, a five round fight that maybe, you know, everybody feels like could have gone either way or, you know, it's not a, a pretty performance necessarily. Like, I think there's a legit conversation 
about giving Izzy somebody fresh because this is going to be the second rematch in a row for Israel Adesanya. And then once again, we always have to come back to getting away from the sport part of it and the money-making part of it. Sean Strickland, not only for his personality, but for the style of fight that that would be against Adesanya, makes a lot more dollars than a Brunson rematch does. So I just, I, I think like, why, why would you put yourself at that dis disadvantage in my mind, at least? Yeah, I completely agree. But, and, and, and then I think to how the build would be like, and I think of, uh, of, uh, Adesanya Brunson press conference, Izzy would absolutely destroy him because they fought before and Izzy basically just kind of styled on him in Madison square garden, but make that Izzy and Sean Strickland. Like that's, I feel like the more people kind of get to know Sean Strickland and see his fighting style and stuff, the Israel matchup becomes more intriguing yeah. and it's a fresh and it's a fresh matchup. But this Derek Brunson, I'm and and sure, if he didn't fight Juan Brunson now, I mean that's a this is a completely different guy. Um that's right. granted, Derek's Derek's won seven in a row, I guess seven or eight, whatever the number is. He's won that many in a row. But Israel Sun is a different cat, man. Like uh all these guys that Derek's beaten. They're not Israel Adesanya. They're not the the, the striking wizard that Izzy is. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Derek's put a lot of pressure on himself uh, putting that out there, man. A lot of pressure. Uh, Brunson's on a five-fight win streak since the loss to Izzy. Um, the only one of those guys that's ranked right now is Darren Till, who's on you know a bit of a losing streak of his own. But, like, Kevin Holland has changed uh, divisions. Edmund Shabazian also is on, I think, what, a three-fight losing streak since starting undefeated? Yeah. I think the assumption is Brunson is probably the most deserving if he wins this. I mean, what's Sean Strickland's winning streak right now? Like Maybe it's him that's nine? got the... No, that's, that's the, why the number was so big. Sean Strickland is the one who's got like seven in a row or something crazy like that. Jack Hermanson, Uriah Hall, Jotko, Brendan Allen, Jack Marshman, and Nordine Taleb. How many is that? That's seven? So, four, six. Six? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I was thinking about Sean Strickland having a, having a long winning streak. Yeah. But, yeah, Derek Brunson's uh, up there, too. So, but, so I Brunson's mean, they both at five, be... Strickland's at six. And, I mean, in, t in terms of level of competition, it's, it's not like it's a big advantage either way. Yeah, because, you know, Brunson's fought a lot of really good stylistic and matches for him. He's fought mm -hmm. strikers with guys who have glaring holes in the wrestling, like yeah. Evan Shabazian, Kevin Holland. Uh, Darren Till, you know, all these guys have uh, glaring holes when it comes to grappling. And Derek Brunson was able to have his way with them. Um, but, you know, Sean Strickland's fighting guys, like, really, really skilled guys. Not to take anything away from what uh, Derek Brunson has done, but he's fighting, you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to talent. You know, like, Brendan Allen, well-rounded. Jocko, well-rounded. Raya Hall, uh, striking wizard. And then what he did with Jack Hermanson. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hermanson, out of everyone that's at the top, He's probably one of the more well-rounded guys. So, and uh, Sean Strickland basically just had his way with him. So, um, when it comes to strength of schedule, you kind of got to lean a little bit towards Sean Strickland. Maybe not in terms of name value, but in terms of uh, how yeah. good these guys are. Yeah, it's it's uh, really fascinating to me. But I heard that, and I was just like, I, I, that doesn't even make any sense to me why you would release that, because that's just one more, I think, argument against putting you in that position. And it's not a guarantee anyway. Although, look, I think a lot of people, and we'll, we'll do this in a second, but a lot of people weren't necessarily wowed with Sean Strickland's win over Jack Hermanson. Uh, and, you know, I think he had the opportunity to really cement his place as the next contender for the title. Uh, he left the door open. Uh, not that it wasn't a dominant win, but he, I think he did leave the door open. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors, but 
look, we just got done watching uh, Strickland Hermanson, and then on Saturday it's Cannoneer and Brunson, and then in the main event, who knows? We could be talking about a trilogy fight if it goes Robert Whitaker's way, uh, but uh, 185 right now is a big-time topic of conversation. So it is pay-per-view week. We will make our picks in a moment, but as we reference Sean Strickland, let's review last week's card. Uh, Will, we were on the same side of every pick, so no changes in the overall point total. Uh, I still have a two-point lead, but starting with that main event, Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson, you know, Sean Strickland kind of said like he let the pressure get the best of him. He never really fully engaged. And at the same time, he he didn't really fully engage, but he completely dominated the fight, right? It was, wasn't even close. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't necessarily wow people in terms of having those like wow moments. But uh, it was it was pretty clear cut that Sean Strickland was uh, the superior man in the octagon, at least by everybody in the world, maybe outside of one judge. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't know. Oh, man, I still don't know how that judge scored the fight for Hermanson. Um, Sean Strickland basically shut him down. Uh, you could see it on Jack Hermanson's face, man. Uh, it just seemed like he didn't know uh, how to get to him. What was the what was the way uh, that he could get to him? Uh, it just seemed like uh, you know Jack didn't know if he could uh, get to him when it comes to when it, in terms of wrestling, and it didn't really seem like Jack knew what to do. Uh, with any combinations yeah. so you know sean strickland's just over here jabbing him you know whenever jack seemed like he wanted to get in sean was just jabbing his ass off and i'm just like man you know jack's really having a hard time and then he's really defensively sound uh, especially with his face uh uh you can see uh, when they were talking about the the strikings the strikes that was landed jack hermanson at one point had like nine strikes landed and this is like the third or fourth round nine head strikes landed out of like 80 attempts like he was trying to get to him, but Sean Strickland just being very defensively sound um, uh, was re- was making it really tough. Uh, Hermanson had some success with with leg kicks, with uh, with body kicks, but that's kind of you know really all that he could really get to him. But uh, outside of that, uh, Sean Strickland pretty much had his way. It was a it was a shutout for me. I was expecting a fifty forty five. I think he could give one uh, run round to Hermanson, but uh, yeah, for, for, when it was a split decision, I was legit shocked. Yeah. Uh, 49-46 um, for the, from the other two judges. I'll take that all day. But to suggest that Jack won more than one round, uh, I was very surprised by that. Sal Diamato had had uh, Jack Hermanson winning that fight, which is mind-blowing. That's, I mean, of all the bad scorecards that we've talked about, uh, that's got to be at the top of the list, right? I mean, that it, that's a wow one to me. I, w- like when he said the first scorecard and said Strickland, I was like, wait a minute. This is a split decision? Like, in sure. what world did anybody see Jack Hermanson winning at least three rounds, according to... So that's that's as bad as I've ever seen. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, we see, you know, these questionable uh, uh, judges' scorecards all the time. Like, uh, with, like, John Jones, Dominic Reyes, you know, you thought that Reyes won, you know? I mean, we see it all the time in, in championship matches and, and, and fights all the time, like Corey Sanhagen, T.J. Dillashaw... You know, but th- those are like really, really close rounds that could go either way. You could flip a coin, you yeah. can pick a guy. This was nowhere close to that. Like this was so clearly a Sean Strickland win. I mean, you could maybe give Jack one round out of you know Jack was being more active yeah. in in the second round or the third round maybe. But outside of that, man, this was so clear. Uh, Sean Strickland was winning uh, uh, all of these exchanges. Um, I- I'm just blown away that. Uh, that this was a sweet decision. When it was red, I was completely thrown off. Uh, cause, and then it takes away from Strickland's performance a little bit. 
it makes him think like, man, I didn't do enough. But when clearly you can, you just outclassed this guy uh, for five rounds, one of the best guys in the division. You outclassed him, but it kind of it kind of doesn't feel like you really did much because it was a split decision. Yeah, I had it. Uh, I I had round one for Jack, and then I had Sean Strickland the rest of the way. And it's not even like that was a round where, you know, I couldn't be talked out of going the other way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this wasn't a situation where even in some fights where we've seen pretty clearly, like, one guy win two rounds, one guy win the other one, and then we may, like, think that clearly a guy in the fifth round won and they give it to the other guy. And we're like, what? This is multiple rounds of just completely not watching, I guess, what's in front of him. Uh, it was it, shocking that Hermanson was ahead on, on a scorecard on Saturday night. But... Yeah, Sean Strickland said that he let the pressure get the better of him. He didn't really pour it on like he wanted to. He left the door open. You know, they were giving the numbers, Will, on Saturday night in terms of Sean Strickland's defense. And part of why I think the Adesanya Strickland fight is a winner is you have the accuracy and precision of Israel Adesanya against not not active, but the greatest defensive middleweight of all time in the UFC, Sean Strickland. Like that, and, and the two personalities... It's just that 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 to me is a blockbuster to make if you're a, a matchmaker. Uh, and, you know, again, we'll see what happens with the Brunson Cannoneer fight. But I think that Sean Strickland could have fought a fight that, that won him over maybe more brownie points, if you will. But it's hard to imagine him being more dominant than he was. He, he didn't allow Jack to really do anything in that fight and just kind of had his way from start to finish. Yeah, you know, that's one. This is one thing that I don't. Uh, necessarily agree with when it comes to you know how these guys are getting are getting built up. I mean, Sean Strickland could go out there and and finish all these guys, but I think now you know with this Uriah Hall fight and then the Jack Hermanson fight, he's outclassing these guys. Clearly, proving that he's better than these guys. Now I feel like you this, this is this is a clear um, example of why he should be uh, the number one contender because he's clearly outclassing these guys. He's yeah. not just going out there knocking guys out, leaving room for there to be like, oh, I just got caught. Like, no, Sean Strickland just proved for 25 minutes that he was the better fighter than you, uh, and now he's on his way up, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, he could have uh, he could have been more aggressive to um, you know, try to win this fight and get a finish, but for me, I'm like, why? Uh, you're outclassing one of the more well-rounded guys in the division. That's that's proven a lot to me. So um, so what you didn't get the, the knockout? You just outclassed this guy. Um, who's fought a lot of the best guys in the world, man. Uh, so, I mean, if, if I'm in Sean Strickland's corner, I'm telling the man, you just outclassed this guy. You didn't, you're doing great. Uh, the character, you know, it's, it's starting to really build you some, some fans and stuff. Yeah. The matchup with Izzy is a fresh matchup. I'm, I'm throwing positivity out there to him because for him to just even think like, man, I should have did more, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, everything you're saying is, is absolutely true, and I agree with everything you just said. But again, we know in this sport that part of the equation, not all of it, but part of the equation is the amount of momentum that you carry from one fight to the next and the overall excitement level that you bring from your last fight into a title match. And, and that's part of, I think, the selling process. Luckily for Sean Strickland, he doesn't need that nearly to the same degree that other people do because of his big personality, right? Like, if you are somebody without any personality whatsoever, it's a lot harder to get a title shot after a fight like that because there's a certain amount of buzz that I feel like you need just in terms of generating the, the overall excitement to sell the pay-per-view. Right, like, a, like Derek Brunson, for instance. Bingo. I think he's a perfect example. Um, I mean, sure, Blonde Brunson, you know, he's trying to do a little something with that, but, I mean, that's not... That, that doesn't even come close to the character. I mean, who, and who even knows if it is a character that uh, Sean Strickland's got going? So... Um, yeah, man, like, 
Brunson could, uh, if he gets a finish, Brunson could be the next guy. But uh, for me, I still feel like Sean Strickland's in a very good spot regardless. Uh, I don't even, I don't feel like Brunson's going to finish this fight. Um, he could, but I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. Um, so I think Sean Strickland's still in a, in a good position. So, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. The co-main event was Puna Soriano and Nick Maximov. We were both on Puna's side in terms of our picks. Um, I thought he had the first two rounds on my scorecard. Uh, I can, I'm can i not calling it a robbery by any means because I think you can make the argument the other way. Uh, there's no doubt that the injury to close out the fight was a significant factor in terms of uh, of his defense overall. But uh, I thought he looked really good in the first. And, you know, on the flip side of it, Nick Maximov... You know, it's he's not going to wow anybody with his stand-up, but he is uh, he is a threat in terms of just the overall pressure and grappling ability. Yeah, you know, this was a pretty interesting fight. Um, it could have went either way. Uh, Soriano did have a good start, but you know, once Nick really started to just uh, commit to the wrestling, uh, Soriano had a, a lot of trouble getting Nick off of him. Uh, Nick didn't do much with the takedowns, but just the fact that he was able to land so many, I think that just you know. Uh, added up uh, in the in the judges' minds, and he was able to uh, uh, get out a decision. Um, it, well, yeah, you know, either way it went. Like this one deserved to be a split decision, uh, not the main event, but this one deserved to be a split decision for sure. Uh, this one was was close. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been mad at a Soriano uh, win, but I did think that uh, with how many takedowns that Maximov had, I thought that I was going to get him the nod. So, uh, but you know, Nick Maximov, he showed us a lot, man. Yeah, uh, he showed off tough he is and he showed that he could be a problem in this division because you know Soriano is a guy who's just coming off of uh, his first loss against a really talented Brendan Allen but you, you see the potential that Soriano has and for, uh, for Maximov to kind of you know set I think he set a middleweight record with, with takedowns um, you know props to him man uh, and then he, he represents the Nick and uh, Nate Diaz army yeah. so um, they got a they got a young prospect in Maximov that's uh, that's certainly going to give him momentum going forward just the the Diaz army part of uh his arsenal, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov will, um, you know, we were both on, on him as far as winning this fight. And again, you're looking at all the prospects around this sport and all these newcomers and fresh faces. And this guy is, uh, among that group of, you know, potential stars in the sport. Man, um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, we haven't seen much of him, but we've seen enough for, for us to really believe like, okay, like this guy's got something. Um, 15 and 0, uh, all finishes, I believe. Um, he, he, he comes out there with his, uh, with his little hat and, 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 the, and the flag and stuff. Um, but he, he comes out there to kill. He comes out there wanting to finish fights. And, uh, it, it kind of seemed like he, that was a spectacular knockout, the spinning hook kick. It was, that was a spectacular knockout, but it kind of seemed like it was kind of expected. You know, I feel like, you know, the, the, the apex wasn't really, they didn't really get excited and loud. Like, oh my gosh, what, what did I just see? Even me sitting there, like yeah. I was just like I was kind of waiting for something like that to happen. Um, but you know, Rachmanov is a is a really good prospect. You know, I, I'm hearing people compare him to Hamza already. Um, he's not as active as Hamza, but he's got more fights than him already. Um, maybe doesn't have the the star appeal that Hamza has, but you can definitely see that there's some skill in uh, Rachmanov, and he's going to be a problem if he keeps this up. He's he's a guy to pay attention to for sure. I don't know that I've had the the like that dude has the it factor type of vibe that I get every time I've seen Chubayev in the octagon. And again, that's yeah. not to say that he hasn't been massively impressive. That's just saying, like I predicted that Chumayev is going to be a champion. That's that's the wow factor that he's brought in the limited time we've seen him in the octagon. 
I think this guy is a problem in that division. I'm just, you know, he hasn't just, he hasn't quite brought it to that same level for me yet, but I, I like this guy. And uh, I think uh, the welterweights have been put on notice in terms of seeing Rachmanov on the other side of the octagon. So. Uh, absolutely, man. He's, he's, a, he's definitely a problem. 15 and no with 15 finishes. Uh, that's nothing to just yeah. glance over. <laughs> Brendan Allen on short notice over Sam Alvey. Uh, this one was, for the most part, about as expected for me in terms of uh, what we saw and the overall uh, finished product. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Brendan Allen, you can tell, you know, he probably just was training, uh, not really in a camp or anything, but, uh, you know, saw an opportunity, took it, didn't have to cut any weight. Uh, it just came down to, you know, who's more skilled, who's better. And, you know, Brendan Allen, you know, he's levels ahead of uh, Sam, Al Sam Alvey at this point. Uh, uh, very good showing for him. Uh, needed to win to get back on track after the Chris Curtis loss. So um, props to Brendan Allen, man. He took he took the chance, took the risk, and uh, paid off. Well, we had the real tough finale on this fight card. Brian Battle and Treshawn Gore. We both picked Gore to get this win. I I can't argue with the outcome. I thought Brian Battle won the fight. Yeah, Brian Battle won the fight for sure. But I think that this is a. Uh, you know, Trey Gore could have did a lot more. Absolutely. Um, he def it seemed like he took the first round off. He uh, put it on him in the second round. And then he was looking for openings in the third round that just weren't that just weren't, uh, you know, showing themselves. And the whole time for 15 minutes, Brian Battle was just picking at him, you know, uh, body kicks, leg kicks, uh, hitting throwing punches when he had the opportunity. You we see the power that this guy has because he touched him yeah. like with with something in the second round and. But Brian Battle's eye just completely exploded, and it was just uh, – it was disgusting. It was it was disgusting. But um, if Trey Gorgeous would have been more aggressive, man, I, I don't know if he was trying to, you know, save his gas tank or, or what, but uh, had he been more, more aggressive, uh, I think those shots would have would have uh, been able to land. But, uh, you know, Brian Battle, you know, just continuing to, to battle through these uh, – you know, being the underdog, man. Uh, all, I think all of these matchups that he's had in, in the tough house and even this one, uh, he was the underdog. He was the last yeah. pick. So I guess it just goes back to, you know, all that he's had to deal with uh, on the show. And and then now, I mean, he's the tough champion, man. He proved yeah. how tough he was. And uh, he, he survived Trey Gore. Yeah, I thought uh, for Gore, like you said, it was either a situation where he was just waiting for the one big shot, which you can't be a you can't fall in love with the KO. Right. Like you have to got to go win the fight and just expecting that you're going to get the one big shot can be a big problem. Uh, and or the other side of it is thinking you've done enough and coasting, which is also not a good problem. And I would say that's probably worse because in some way that to me says that you don't have that killer instinct, I guess, if you just feel like you've done enough to coast to a win. Like this is the kind of sport where that should never really be in the equation, uh, especially in a three round fight, right? Like in a five round fight, like a Sean Strickland scenario, maybe that's more of a, a talking point, but in a three round fight, just given the amount of questionable decisions we see on a weekly basis, I don't know how you could ever, just think that you've done enough. I don't know what which one of those things it was, but it was just it, for me. It was a situation where I, I I just thought if you do a little more, you might win the fight, and and uh, he didn't. And uh, Brian Battle, give him credit. Like Brian Battle assessed the situation and knew what the path to winning was, and it was just activity, and he was more active. Yeah, that that's it, man. Uh, like you said, Trey Gorris chasing this one shot. I mean, I'm sure he saw the damage that he did with the little strikes that he did land. But, uh, you know, Brian Battle's just continuing to pick at him. It's continuing to, to try to manage distance. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like Trey Gore uh, could have exploded a few times when he had him uh, kind of trapped, kind of cornered up against the cage. 
uh, he could have uh, closed the distance and, and landed something. But it, it, this was definitely a missed opportunity for Gore. Yeah. But I definitely feel like Brian Battle proved. Um, I mean, if he hadn't proved it already, he proved it again uh, how tough that he really is. Yeah. The main card started with Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson. And, Will, this was an awesome fight. Holy cow, this thing. Like, I was standing for almost the entirety of this fight. It was incredible. Man, this was a crazy fight. And it, it sucks because both these guys deserve $50,000. But um, they won it. But Steven Peterson missed weight. And Julian Arosa cashes in, gets $100,000. I mean, uh I mean, I don't know if Arosa is one of those guys that's like, I'll I'll cut Steven Peterson his his half. I don't know if I would be that guy, but but man, uh I have a hard Steven time, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean these these two guys, man, they just went out there and left it all all on the line. Uh this was a close fight. Either guy could have won, but uh I definitely felt like uh Julian Arosa kind of edged him a little bit. And uh man, I'm I'm happy for him that he got that hundred thousand dollars, man. Yeah. Uh have you ever noticed, by the way, that whenever um, someone misses weight and then, the, you know, they go into these stare downs. It kind of seems like the guy that missed weight is mad at the guy that made weight Yeah. or the girl. Yeah. I don't get that. Like the guy, the person that missed weight is just so angry. And I'm like, why are you mad at them? Yeah. <laughs> they made, they did their job. They made weight. Why are you mad? Like, uh, in the stare down, Steven Peterson's going up to him, just talking all this yeah. noise. And I'm like, for what, man, you should be happy that he's accepted the fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're mad at themselves and they channel it to somebody else. Right. I mean, that's, think that's what it is like you got to channel all of that whatever it is like whatever emotion you're feeling you got to channel that into uh wanting to beat the hell out of the other guy <laughs> yeah true and, and i'm that, i'm sure that's what exactly what he did but in a way did that just lose him one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> or fifty thousand dollars crazy the surprise of the night for me was uh 100 john castaneda over miles johns um i like i knew john castaneda was good I didn't think he was on Miles John's level just in terms of where he is at this point. I thought Miles John was on the fast track to being a problem at, at 135. And uh, good Lord, that was I mean, that was a dominant performance from Castaneda, which was shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Miles John's, um, you know, he just fought um, a few months before this and he had an excellent performance. I thought he was on his way up, man. Um, but John Castaneda came out there and just completely pressured him i mean i i definitely wasn't expecting the the amounts of pressure that uh, he put on miles johns and i'm sure it didn't seem like miles johns was ready for that either um to be uh, uh on the retreat for 15 minutes you know you could tell it was getting to him and uh john castaneda is just completely uh continuing to to land punches and he's never really stopping uh and you know it just seemed like miles johns just ended up wilting in that third round man uh yeah. I, like i said man it seems like every week we're talking about a new uh, bantamweight yep. contender, not not contender, but a new guy at bantamweight to be like, oh, you got to look out for him. And uh, you can just add John Costanetta to that list because for him to do that to Miles John, yep. little Yoel, uh, that was completely uh, a dominant performance. My my bantamweight watch list is like 40 names right now, Will. Because <laughs> oh, you're right. It's crazy, Every week man. there's like a new guy at 135 that I'm like, write that name down to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy. Like, when is it? When does it end? I don't know when it ends. And then now, now I'm kind of expecting it. You know, because uh, yeah. like, there's been so many fight cards. We're just like, you gotta look out for him. Like, uh, the one before this one, uh, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Like, I, I don't want to say like, where did he come from? But I'm like, wow. Like, I definitely didn't know he yeah. had all that in him. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, this division is crazy, man. It, it is it is deep, super deep. 
The uh, Hakeem Dawadu Mike Trezano fight was awesome. A couple of big time UFC debuts for uh, Chidi. Hope I'm saying this right. Jukani. And then, uh, by the way, Jelton Almeida, another one of those like, whoa, look out for that guy kind of performances. But, dude, this fight card was awesome all the way through, especially the, the prelims. Yeah, the prelims were, were awesome, man. Uh, uh, it's, you know, this name, you know, it should be the, the end should be silent. But with how they've been saying over the years, it's in Jikawani. Okay. Like the end is not silent. I don't know. I would have said it that way, too. Uh, his brother used to fight in the UFC, uh, Anthony Inchikawani. So, uh, but he had uh, one punch, sixteen seconds. I mean, they were they were just about to say that this was a very likable matchup for Inchikawani, and then he just lands his punch, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, crazy. And then, like you said, Almeida at heavyweight, or I mean, at light heavyweight, to do that to Danilo Marquez, yeah. uh, you know, Marquez is is tough, man. And for Almeida to just go out there and do that, uh, you know, these contender series guys, you can see why uh you know dana is putting so much of an emphasis on the contender series because you know these guys are coming out there and they're really uh putting a stamp uh when they make their ufc debuts and uh their ufc appearances and stuff so um yeah i mean the contender series man that's going to be something i'm going to continue to watch because these guys are kind of coming out of nowhere some of these guys like i made i didn't i didn't watch that that uh contender series that, that he was on uh but he's he's good man he is good. He was, uh, I think he was probably the guy out of this last season that I was most excited to see uh, because he just, there's a wow factor there, I think, with him. And then in uh, uh, Jukani, I saw him in the Contender Series as well, and he was another name that was on the watch list. He wasn't at the top of it like uh, like um, Almeida, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they've they've uh, they've hit a bunch of home runs lately with, with big time. Not And it's not just the performances on Fight Night, which is awesome in itself because essentially... That's a game seven every time they're in the octagon, right? Like you're fighting yeah. for your, for a contract and your livelihood. So there's an added element of of urgency anyway watching that series. But it's also produced um, some big time fighters in the UFC and some guys that you know even now it's still relatively early, right? There's still a bunch of guys from multiple seasons that are early in their career that have shown bright spots. But yeah, Almeida was my biggest takeaway from this past season, and uh, he. Absolutely delivered the other night. And yeah, light heavyweight division. That's a guy that I could absolutely see getting big opportunities very quickly and making the most. of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, in a division, not to say that it's wide open, but in a division that's continuously just getting better. uh, Almeida is he kind of already has the skill set and just you you give him some fights, give him some experience. He's going to be right there uh, in the the rankings in no time. So I could definitely see him getting. Uh, some big opportunities very early. Yeah, well, and a little bit like Yuri Prohaska, right? Like, it's not like this is a 22-year-old that's just breaking into the sport. Almeida's 30, and he's had, like, I think 17 or 18 pro fights. So, you know, Yuri's only been in the octagon, what, twice, Well, And he's getting a title shot. So, you know, to yeah. some degree, this is a, and a really experienced guy that's getting his opportunity, but it's not like it's like we have to develop him. Like, he, I could, I could definitely see him getting moved along rather quickly. So... Absolutely, because Marquez isn't, uh, I mean, he wasn't ranked or anything, but Marquez isn't like some bum. Like, Marquez yeah. is a really tough opponent for, for it to be your UFC debut. And for him to do that to Marquez, um, he's definitely going to, his next fight is definitely going to be up there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be any, any guy that's ranked, but it's going to be someone who we know who's respected. Because to do that to Marquez is nothing sort of uh, extraordinary. Yeah. All right, UFC 271 on Saturday night. It is the rematch. Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker for the middleweight crown. Uh, all I can think about from the first time is uh, 
the great line from John Anik yelling, Israel Adesanya is the king of the middleweight. Such a great call as uh, Israel Adesanya is doing the double guns after the KO. I mean, what a scene that was. And it really burst Israel Adesanya uh, from, I mean, I th- he was somewhat of a superstar anyway, but for anybody that didn't consider him to be a superstar at that point, that really put him in the superstar superstar stratosphere. That is your main event, but the main card starts at the lightweight division. Nazrat Hakparast and King Bobby Green. Oddshark.com has Bobby Green as a minus 135 favorite, plus 115 for Hakparast. Will, I have a two-point lead going into this second pay-per-view of the year. Pay-per-view cards, three points per fight, five points for any uh, main events or title fights. So, a lot of points up for grabs on this card. Give me the forward momentum of the veteran Bobby Green. Yeah, man. Um, when I think about this, uh, I feel like it's going to be a, a stand-up battle. And, you know, you talk about Sean Strickland and how defensively sound he is. I feel like that can be said about Bobby Green. You know, uh, Rafael Fasiv had some problems with Bobby Green on the feet. Uh, not not to say that he wasn't landing, but it was it wasn't as clean as you as you think. If you look back at the fight, uh, Bobby Green was was dodging a lot of those strikes. You know, he made that fight really fun. Uh, but you know, Bobby Green's been there, done that. He's seen the best of the best. He's been in there with Dustin Poirier. Uh, he's been in there with uh, uh, Josh Thompson. A, a lot of the great uh, a lot of the great lightweights. Even yeah. you know some of these younger guys like Fasiv and stuff. I don't think that Hack Brass is going to um, show anything that Bobby Green hasn't seen before. So uh, give me Bobby Green as well. Yeah, Bobby Green looked great in that Fazeev fight, and I know that was a loss, but it kind of felt like he really got a lot of momentum from that fight. He finishes Ally Quinta his last time in the octagon, and uh, yeah, I think uh, Bobby Green right now is uh, riding that wave of momentum, and uh, we'll see if he continues it. I like him, though, in that fight. Uh, speaking of the deep division that is 135, Will, fight number two on this main card is Kyler Phillips and Marcelo Rojo. Kyler Phillips is a minus 405 favorite. Marcelo Rojo plus 305. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know that uh, I want to test the waters too much here. Uh, I'm kidding. It's it's Kyler Phillips for me in this matchup. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely Kyler Phillips for me as well. Uh, you know, Kyler Phillips is, was a prospect. Uh, he was ranked before that fight with uh, uh, that. Who did he just fight and lose to? Um, I forget the I forget the kid's name. Uh, um. Paiva, Paiva, uh, Paiva, yeah, Paiva in the controversial. I thought I thought Kyler won the fight, but yeah, um, it was a fight that he was winning. It was a fight that he had uh, Paiva really hurt, but uh, kind of gassed out towards the end. Uh, I mean, that was a close. That was a really close one. Or, or he was maybe, on the wrong side. Maybe I scored that at ten eight, and then the other two. Maybe I had that as a draw. Yeah, yeah, because the first round yeah. uh, he dropped him like twice or three times, and then Paiva just kind of. Um, uh, war on him in the second, third rounds, but yeah, Kyle was on the wrong side of that. Uh, but I do still feel like he is a very uh, good prospect in this division. I think he's going to go out there and prove that uh, he's still in the discussion. When, when when we talk about these, the steep middleweight division, uh, Kyler Phillips is a name that we definitely have to watch out for. But I will say that I do expect this could be a fight of the night contender because I do expect yeah. Rojo to be very tough. But uh, Kyler Phillips will be uh, on the winning side of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I think Kyler Phillips just maybe outclasses him to some degree uh, in the grand scheme of things. All right, uh, we've talked a lot about middleweights. We talked a lot about uh, the first Whitaker-Adesanya fight. We'll talk about the second one in the main event. We've uh, mentioned Strickland and Hermanson. 
the other middleweight contenders here, Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson on the third fight of this main card. Cannonier is a minus 175 favorite, plus 145 for Derek Brunson. This is a really interesting matchup for me, and I fully believe if Cannonier gets this done, he's next. Um, I think if Brunson gets it done, there's a big conversation about whether it is uh, Derek Brunson or Sean Strickland, but... Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on this one, but Will, I think when I land on this, I just feel like the tear that Derek Brunson has been on uh, continues here. And uh, I think Jared Cannonier is going to have a hard time keeping Derek Brunson from doing what Derek Brunson has been doing in this run. And, you know, I think if he can keep him uh, upright, then it is advantage Cannonier. But uh, I don't feel like I've seen enough for me to think that he's going to have continued success preventing Derek Brunson from taking this fight where Derek Brunson wants to take it. So. Give me the underdog, Derek Brunson. All right. You know, um, with this one, uh, yeah, this one was tough for me because, you know, Derek Brunson has looked really good. Uh, Jared Cannonier, you know, he, he had looked good at middleweight up until that Robert Whitaker fight. Uh, he, I, I think he broke his uh, forearm or something in that fight and uh, was kind of fighting with one arm and Rob tore him, tore him up. Uh, came back against Gaslam, got a win. Uh, this is a really interesting matchup for sure. Uh, like you said, if Tannenir wins, I think he's probably going to be next. I think that's a fight Izzy has uh, has wanted for a while. Um, but, you know, Brunson, you know, this win streak, um, he hasn't really fought anyone like, you know, Till, uh, Shabazi, and Kevin Holland. I feel like those guys were, were pretty easy to take down. I think he might struggle a little bit more to take Tannenir down because Tannenir's bigger, and uh, uh, I think the, the size of Tannenir – and his, his overall power might uh, make Brunson a little um, hesitant. But, uh, you know, I think with how, um, with how close this fight is, I think this is one that I could go opposite you here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Cannoneer, man. I think right. uh, I take a little bit of comfort in, in uh, the fact that he's been rocked by, like, all of these guys on the way up. Like, he, he got rocked by Shabazzian. He got rocked by Kevin Holland. He got rocked by Darren Till. Yeah. Uh, he even got rocked by uh, Ian Heinish, <laughs> you know, uh, at the start of this winning streak. But I think if Cannoneer can uh, can land something that Derek won't be able to recover as well as he did against the rest of those guys. So um, I'm going with Can. I'm going with Cannoneer, man. I think everything you said is completely valid. Uh, Cannoneer is, uh, I mean, you're not going to recover as much from his big shots as you do with those other guys. I think he will be tougher to take down just from a size strength standpoint. But uh, I just. Yeah, I just don't see I don't see that being the obstacle where he can't get the win either. So I think it's a tougher test for sure. It's a better guy. But I think in the end, it's it's uh, still Derek Brunson being able to get this fight where Derek Brunson wants it. It's a great fight, though. And uh, yeah, yeah, to say that I wouldn't be shocked if uh, yeah, I mean, I'm totally not shocked if, if uh, Cannoneer gets this win. All right. Our co-main event on Saturday night before we watch the rematch, it is heavyweight favorites knockout artists this one i mean there's no way we say this all the time and it happens every time we say this it ends up going the distance actually i feel like but there's no way this thing goes longer than a round it is Derek lewis and it is tied to ivasa this is another one i struggled with lewis is minus 185 to ivasa is plus 155 like to me it's almost just like who's gonna land the punch right like whichever guy lands the punch is gonna be the winner and i think both of these guys are kind of welcoming this like, we know this isn't going to go the distance. Neither one of these guys wants to fight for 15 minutes. Both of these guys are totally in to fight for 60 seconds and throw the punch and see if uh, their punch lands harder. And uh, I've gone back and forth on this one as well. 
I'm going to go Derek Lewis just because he's been there, done that more often in this type of setting. But, I mean, tied to Ivasa has shown the ability to get right in there with no hesitation and throw bombs the same way that we've seen Derek Lewis do it. So I am geeked for this fight. I cannot wait to see these guys inside the octagon for as long as it lasts. But uh, if I'm being honest, I, I, I've got a slight lean toward uh, Derek Lewis just really from the big fight experience over tied to Ivasa. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 kind of at the same uh, point with you, man. Uh, I feel like the big fight experience will help Derek Lewis. I feel like it's going to come down to who makes the mistake first, and I think uh, Ty is going to be overly aggressive uh, trying to get to Derek Lewis. Um, I, you know, because on this run that Ty's been on, he's you know kind of started slow and then eventually just kind of went at the guy and then was able to get a knockout. That's what he did with Stefan Struve. That's what he did with uh, Augusto Sakai in his last fight. Um, Greg Hardy, uh, you know, I think we knew that someone was going to get dropped in that one. Yeah. But Greg Hardy did hurt him. You know, give give credit where credit's due. Greg Hardy did hurt him. But I think uh, we're going to see a patient Derek Lewis. Uh, Derek, Lewis Derek Lewis isn't going to overly exert himself to try to get to Ty like he did against uh, Chris Dawkins. I think Ty's going to go in, uh, trying to get to him, trying maybe to throw a leg kick or throw a, a big shot, and uh, Derek Lewis is going to counter with something. So. My pick's going to go with Derek Lewis. You know, the heavyweight king's going to get it done again in his hometown. So it's going the distance, right? Because every time we do <laughs> this, like, there's no way this goes longer than a round. Or, or we say something like, one of these dudes is going to be put to sleep. Like, every time that happens, it ends up going all the way, and both dudes are standing yeah. at the end. <laughs> I, I think this fight, if anything, it'll get out of the first round. But I don't think it's okay. going the distance. Okay. Um, yeah, and you, you never know with these kinds of things, because, like, you think... They're both just going to go for the knockout at the same time. You never know how, like, like Sean Strickland talked about, the pressure of what might be next ends up how much that impacts, like, your willingness to to put it on the line, whereas the fight before, you're not having the same conversation about the opportunity that's in front of you. So, uh, yeah, that, that plays a role as well. All right, so Derek Lewis for both of us, which takes us to the main event, the middleweight championship of the world, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker. It is a rematch. Robert Whitaker was the previous 185 champion. Israel Adesanya has really mowed through this division, and that's one reason why I think we are on top of the stylistic matchup pro Sean Strickland should Izzy get past uh, Robert Whitaker. I said at the beginning of this podcast, Will, I feel like the vibes this time around are just completely different to the point that it like at least opened up my willingness to entertain that Israel Adesanya could lose a fight at 185. That was only for about five seconds, and then I, I had to quickly say, what do you know about 185? And it's that Israel Adesanya has really dominated this entire division. Robert Whitaker is the next best guy. And I think Robert Whitaker is the next best guy by almost the same margin that Israel Adesanya is better than everybody else, right? Like it's Israel Adesanya. And then on the next tier, it's Robert Whitaker. And then you got to go another tier down before you even, I think, bring anybody else in the conversation. So I think these two guys separate themselves by a mile. But uh, I still think it's Israel Adesanya. But like we referenced at the beginning of this, I think the the new look of Robert Whitaker, the new determination, I think, on his face, as opposed to the uh, pressure that we saw the first time around. This guy is so just technically sound all the way around, doesn't generally make a lot of mistakes. I don't think he's going to open the door the same way he did the first time around. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I also have a hard time seeing him outpoint Israel Adesanya over the course of 25 minutes. So I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to go the distance. But I think it's Israel Adesanya with a decision over Robert Whitaker. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, 
like I like I've always said about Izzy at 185. If anyone's gonna beat him, I, I got to see it. Uh, but uh, let me say this about Robert Whitaker. While I don't really feel like those wins against Till and Gaslam and Cannoneer really changed my opinion on the fight, I do think that he will be able to show different looks that Izzy hasn't seen before. Um, I think his speed, uh, you know, his his speed, his creative striking, uh, you know, his ability his ability to throw kicks, you know, his head kicks are are lethal. Um, but I think the 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 issue where that Rob's gonna have is the fact that Izzy knows how to manage distance so well, yeah. and that there's such a reach and height uh, disadvantage for him. Uh, I just don't know how that how Rob is going to overcome that. You know, I, I do think he's going to try to wrestle him some. I think he's going to have to because um, if as long as this fight's on the feet, Izzy's going to figure out you know where he can be successful, where Rob is trying to get to him and everything because uh, of that uh, advantage that he has. So, um, I, I mean, I, if I'm his coach, I don't really know what to. I don't really know where what what I would tell him. Uh, I would just tell him to mix it up as best as you can, just to keep Israel guessing. Uh, that would be my best uh, advice to Robert Whitaker. You have to keep him guessing because you don't want Izzy to get comfortable. Uh, if, if you're going to dart in and out like that, um, mix it up with wrestling and then throw some some strikes, you know, uh, on another exchange. I don't know. Uh, uh, but it's it's really hard to mimic Izzy in training and stuff. You know, Izzy yeah. is, is, is one of one. He's one of a kind. There's nobody like him. So uh, I think Rob is just going to struggle um, to get three rounds. Uh, you know, maybe he lands something crazy and he knocks him out. You know, I don't know, but um, I think this it's is not an really easy what win, he does, man. though, right? Like that's not really his game anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, he he knocked out Derek Brunson with a head kick, yeah. and but that's because Brunson was just overly sloppy. But I don't expect Israel to make mistakes like that. Like uh, Kelvin Gastelum, he landed a big head kick on on Gastelum uh, in their last fight. Uh, Gaslam is just short, you know, like yeah. uh, Rob was able to you know, ha have those openings where they're not going to be there with Izzy. So I don't know, man, uh, just if I'm Rob, I'm mixing it up as best I can and uh, just keeping them guessing. But, you know, this is a puzzle that's going to be tough for everybody to overcome. And Jan only did it because he was 30 pounds heavier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, the X's and O's to me and the execution of the X's and O's, if you will, in this fight are, are what are the most intriguing. Because, uh, again, you feel like it's a different Robert Whitaker just mentality-wise. Although, like you said, I, I don't really feel much different about him as a fighter as much as I just feel like the mentality going into this fight is uh, in a much better place than it was the first time around. And uh, I can't wait, man. Saturday night, this card from start to finish is going to be incredible. Uh, your fight of the night prediction as always, taking out the uh, the main event from the equation, what is your uh, fight of the night? Fight of the night. Um, yeah, man, you know, Alexander Hernandez and uh, Renato Moicano, that's going to be uh, a really fun fight. Uh, Bobby Green and Nasra Hackbrass uh, is going to be fun. Kyler Phillips, uh, Marcelo Rojo. And then, you know, Izzy and Rob. I, but I think um, just with how much uh, everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats. Um, what if, I mean, I, I really want to pick Derek Lewis and Ty Tuavasa just because I think it's going to be a, just a fun yeah. one-round heavyweight matchup. But like you said, every time we say that, you know, it never really uh, ends up like that. So I, to try to make a, a safe bet, I'm going to go uh, Bobby Green and Hackrath. All right. I will, uh, I'll stick with it and go Lewis Tuivasa. Uh, I like to try and go with one that's not like one of the poster fights, right? Like 
what, yeah. whatever the poster looks like. I mean, like this one, I think there's probably like three poster kind of fights. I like to generally try and pick one that's not a poster fight, but I mean, I can't ignore Derek Lewis and Taito Ivasa and just what the <laughs> electricity running through my body is going to be like when that thing begins. So, uh, yeah, there you go. It's going to be a fun one, man. Uh, I can't wait for this card. Uh, we have a, what, six Eastern, five Central, I believe, uh, early prelim or prelim. I don't even know the structure of the prelims this time around, but uh, I think it's a nine Oklahoma time main card start, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think the early prelims will start at four o'clock uh, central four, okay. time, our time. So Okay. There we go. All right, man. So it's really down to uh, Cannoneer and Brunson, which is worth three points. So if you get that right, you will regain the lead. If uh, if I'm right, then uh, it's a, it's a f- comfy five-point cushion going into next week. Yeah, man. You know, if you if you get this win uh, and I go into next week uh, minus five, you know, I might have to be like, you know, I might have to get used to being the uh, the underdog or the guy that goes second. Maybe it, maybe I have to read the the, the odds of the guys this time. <laughs> you know, to, you know, just because you always had to do it, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I can sit right. here, I can wait, I can think about it. You know, maybe now I have to be that guy if I'm if I'm just gonna be losing like this. So, ah, I don't know, man. But Canada is gonna knock him out, so we're not even gonna have this issue. There we go. Well, I'll <laughs> be waiting for the text message when that happens. <laughs> absolutely alright my friend uh, enjoy fight night we'll obviously be in touch uh, over the weekend and we will do this again next week yes sir Podcast is over.